The Turning Point Project. I'm Helen Rabello, founder of the Magical Life Movement and author of The Magical Unfolding, Eight Magical Processes for Peace, Potential and Purpose. And I believe that when you face transitions in life, you have to find a way to move forward through the messy bits, even when you feel scared. In this project, I talk to inspiring conscious souls about how they used to turning points to move from a life that didn't fully fit towards living a more intentional, fulfilling life despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and to always believe there is magic to be found in life even when you feel stuck in the messy middle. And if you haven't yet ordered your copy of The Magical Unfolding, head on over to the website to gift yourself a copy so that you can get all of the bonuses on offer to help you shape your next decade differently. Hello lovely soul and welcome to this week's episode of The Turning Point Project where today I am delighted to introduce you to my lovely friend Louise Miller who is a productivity mentor with a difference. She guides busy, successful business owners along a calm pathway to a more organised life. And what I love about this conversation is that Louise describes a moment that she had a real epiphany insight that subsequently changed the direction of her life and her business. She says it wasn't one of those kind of whack you round the head moments but she viscerally felt something lodge in her system that when you hear it sounds so, so obvious, but really isn't obvious for any of us until we have this realisation. And it relates to productivity. It relates to to to-do lists. And once Louise had this pivotal epiphany moment in the space of 20 paces in her office, in her former career, that set in stone a series of shifts and changes that helped her get out of her head, into her body and start creating life and work very, very differently. I think you will find a lot you can relate to in this conversation. We've had a lot of the same realisations, but I love how Louise shares hers. So enjoy and do come and let us know what you think over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author. Lovely Louise, thank you so, so much for agreeing to share your insights, your stories with me for the Turning Point Project podcast. I am absolutely delighted to have you as my guest and I'm really really happy that I get to introduce you to people who may not have encountered you yet because you are an absolutely wonderful soul and um, I know that every time you open your mouth I love what you have to say about (laughs) life so there you go. Thank you so much for having me it really is such a pleasure and a joy to have this conversation and I hope that that streak of you loving what I say when I open my mouth doesn't come crashing to a halt (laughs) thank you so much for having me oh you're so welcome and I'm pretty sure it won't (laughs) (laughs) um so I'd love to start by just asking you whether when you thought about um sharing an aspect of your story with us whether you had something really significant pop into your mind immediately as a turning point that you want to talk about or whether it was more a series of things is there something that kind of came straight to you and if so can you share it with us yeah absolutely so it was such an interesting um you know question and thing to be thinking about is what was the turning point and I think for me it really was a specific um unfolding at a period of time I mean it didn't it wasn't a kind of crash bang wallop hit you around the head kind of thing (laughs) but it was a series of events all happening around the same sort of time period um which really have made such a massive difference to me and when was this this would have been 20 15, 16, something like that. So not actually that long ago. No. Um, and 
basically what was going on at the time was I was in a very stressful job. And I was incredibly, um, well, incredibly stressed out, running myself ragged, just constantly rushing and running about from one thing to the next um, in my work. And looking back on it now, and I think I knew this at the time, but looking back on it now, it was most definitely just not, it was, wasn't the right role for me at all. Um, and I just have this really vivid, clear memory you know sometimes just something a little thought pops into your head and it's you can remember exactly where you were <laughs> when you had it and it's yeah. this kind of visceral thing I literally got up from my office desk to walk to the kitchen in the office which was about probably only about 20 paces away from where my desk was and I was absolutely exhausted and I just remember really clear as day just this thought of like Louise why are you rushing about so much what you know what what are you expecting to happen? And it was this real kind of insight that no matter how much I rushed about and how much I was trying to do all the things to, you know, be everything to everyone, not let anyone down, there wasn't ever going to be a point at which that was done. Yeah. I was never going to be able to go finished, you know, and then be allowed to rest and have permission to stop. And that felt like a bit of a breakthrough. And it sounds so obvious saying it now, but I don't think I've really thought about it before. You know, just pushing about from one thing to the next. And I just had this moment of why. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that, that felt huge. Um, so, I mean, in and of itself, that didn't change anything externally, but it certainly got me thinking. And did you know that that was you know, such a significant light bulb moment at the time? Or, or what is that, did its significance only emerge, you know, a little bit afterwards? Or, or was it one of those real, almost like dull moments, you know? Yeah, you... yeah, yeah. It was that, it was exactly that. It was a dull moment. Oh, goodness sake. <laughs> you know, you know so how have I only just realised this? I mean... I think I knew, I think I could feel the significance in terms of how I, how I kind of moved through life myself and not wanting, realising that I didn't want to buy into that anymore, that way of being, that way mm -hmm. of doing things. I didn't know what it meant in terms of what the future was going to look like. But it did allow me to start detaching from all of the doing and the rushing and the running about and the constant struggle. And I mean, it's not as, you know, it wasn't as straightforward as, as just the light bulb switching and everything was hunky-dory because this job was making me unwell. So there was a lot going on there that needed to be unpicked. Um, but it certainly did feel like a bit of a release of something. I'm fascinated by the fact that this was so relatively recently as well, <laughs> because it feels to me as though you've been doing what you're doing now, like forever. You're good at what you do. I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago in mm. one respect, because life is so, so hugely different. Um, but yeah, it took me a while. <laughs> it took me a while to get to this realisation, you know. So I've got this pattern of being really good at what I did in a job, being promoted and then running away. <laughs> oh, wow. Because I knew that the environments that were, I was in for every job that I had were just not right. Um, and I'd been in various... So I, when I left uni, I've never known what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, and just kind of fell into lots of temping jobs, um, ended up doing lots of temping and kind of ended up with permanent positions from temping roles. So I never felt really in control of what was going on because mm. I didn't really know where I was going. Yeah. Just kind of bouncing about a little bit. Um, so I would end up doing a really good job as an administrator. And when you're a good administrator, you tend to get promoted into management roles, none of which were right. I mean, I've, I now know that management is not my bag, but I would realise, well, this isn't the right place. This doesn't feel right. And I would then quit. And the same, exactly the same cycle would start all over again. Um, and I think the difference with the job I was in when I had this kind of real epiphany turning point was I actually felt comfortable 
in the environment. Previously, the environments had all felt wrong. The industries didn't feel right. It was all a bit, I don't feel like these are my people. Mm. And in this particular environment, I felt very much as though I was very invested in what we were trying to do. Um, I felt like I could connect with the people that were there in a in a more real way where I could be myself more than I had felt before. So a lot of those things that had always been causing me the this feeling of not quite fitting in, mm. they were not there anymore. And yet things were clearly still not right. And it, yeah, I think along the way, all of these little pieces have fallen away of, well, this isn't right, this isn't right. And I got to this point where I thought, why is this still not feeling right? And I really didn't want to repeat the pattern where I just quit yeah, and then start again. Because I was like, okay, I found the environment that I actually like and it's still not feeling right. So what am I actually going to change now? Um, does that make sense? Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. It, I think when we're in situations where things don't feel quite right, it can be so easy to, to look at all of the pieces that don't fit and make those the reason. Yes. And then, you know, as you as you found out, when you slowly start to tick the box in whatever areas those are, Mm. and yet it still isn't, you know, there's still that misalignment. Mm. It is quite perplexing, actually, isn't it? (laughs) Because we're not taught this stuff in school. Nobody talks about this stuff when you're thinking about careers, if you even think about careers. Mm. It's... um, and it's kind of crazy, really, that we don't think about this stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like I said, I, I didn't ever really know where I was going. Yeah. So I was constantly, I, I feel like I was waiting for something to happen. Yeah, I can really relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> and like you say, I would be going, okay, this bit doesn't feel quite right. But I still didn't really know what, so I'd try and change it, but not with any kind of conscious idea of what it should look like, mm. bouncing about from one thing to the next. But, yeah, and the, the thing I think as well that really, I guess, I mean, I think I'm just thinking about this now, I was just thinking that really made me realise, okay, I need to go a bit deeper now into figuring out what's going on, is because also I think a lot of people, when they have this experience of being in a, you know, in a job that they don't, that doesn't feel right for them they feel unappreciated and they can they've just got this real feeling of not of everything being wrong yeah but I was apart from certain parts of my role which were around the management side of things I was very good at what I did and I knew that I was valued and appreciated and my colleagues were, were brilliant and were constantly you know vocalizing their appreciation of the work that I did so it wasn't as I was coming home going nobody appreciates which I know is a lot of people's experience it is yeah um so I kind of had to um yeah kind of had to work with that as well a little bit and just think but that's not enough in a way because you can you can kind of sometimes take that appreciation on and 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 allow that to, to keep you in a situation that's not right for you. Yeah. Um, but I really had this sense of, okay, this is not, that's not enough. And, you know, I had all of the, the stress and the anxiety was of my own making because I had basically no boundaries. <laughs> but did yeah. you realise that at that point or is that something that you've only realised I think, looking back? Yeah, it's something that I've come to realise looking back. I mean, I knew, and this again can comes back to why I now know that management is not the right thing for me because delegation is not something that comes very easily and I I certainly at that time really struggled with a sense of responsibility to my team which meant I'd be trying to protect them constantly wow so I was then which meant I was doing more yes (laughs) in order to protect them um and while I was in it, I knew, I think I kind of knew that, that was what I was doing, but I was so wrapped up in it and so completely depleted, um, you know, stressed out that I couldn't see it clearly enough to know what to do about it. Yeah. So what, so how did it feel to 
suddenly recognize that there was some kind of pattern you were following um, and that even though you had ended up in this place where so many things were right, it actually still wasn't right. Was that quite scary for you or, or was it liberating? <laughs> how did you, how did you feel? A bit of, bit of both of those. Mm. I think, you know, it was so, it was such an intense time because, you know, I mentioned briefly that the, the job was making me ill and it did actually get to the point where I had to take time off sick due to work-related stress. Yeah. And that in itself was, in, you know, really difficult. My doctor had to make that decision for me because I couldn't make the decision because I was too busy worrying about what would happen if I wasn't there. <laughs> So the, the decision for that was taken out of my out of my hands. And it was quite difficult to know what I was feeling while all this was going on. But I think the, the gift in that, taking the time off, is that that gave me the space mm. to actually start to think, this is not sustainable. <laughs> and to, to, to be able to think about what a future might look like that didn't involve this job. And, and in a way, that, that was kind of, I don't know it was scary but equally I think I knew because of my health concerns I knew that I had to do it I knew that I had no choice so it kind of felt inevitable yeah and yes scary also liberating because I thought okay this can't carry on as it is Um, and actually looking back on it I think this is the this is the first time I can remember you know my body actually making the decision for me which is quite was quite a big thing for me to realise when I was um, thinking about our conversation today. I kind of had that little epiphany and oh, that's interesting because my body yeah. basically completely went nope, <laughs> you're not doing this anymore. And you know, I went back to work after the time that I'd taken off for a phased return to work, thinking in my head I got a plan for how it was all going to pan out and it was going to be fine because I was going to make some changes within the vault. And my manager was very up for that, for changing the role. And I went back for this phase return and my body literally went, uh, no, don't think so. And I just knew I had to can my notice in, so I did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> intense. It's yeah. difficult to know what I was feeling in answer to your question, which I realised I didn't answer particularly. <laughs> no, that's OK. <laughs> there was a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, so the feeling, it was, yeah... I mean, I don't know whether, you know, if you've experienced this, but it's a lot of when you're going through that stress and anxiety, you're kind of numb to anything else that's going on because you've mm. just got this extreme focus on the thing that's causing the stress. What you're describing is, is not dissimilar to how I felt when I knew I had to leave um, my job as a sonographer in the NHS. Right. Mm. So I So I can really relate to this, particularly to that thing of slowly tweaking it so that so that you think it can fit you know in my case I slowly dropped a day and then I dropped another day (laughs) you know when you you try and change your working patterns or whatever it might be but Mm -hmm. in my case it was the same it was it was stress and anxiety and I can very much remember that thing of my body just going, I don't think so. Who are you trying to kid? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't have the vocabulary for that at the time. I mean, I have always been very much a head person up until very recently. You know, I make all the decisions in my brain. <laughs> I, you know, I have to think it all through, think about all the different possibilities. That has always been my, the way that I operate. And the, the, the idea that there is a, a better intelligence elsewhere that actually doesn't have access to our language mm. <laughs> system is something that's quite new to me. And if only I'd known sooner, <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows what time could have been saved? But it feels like a lifetime ago, even though, it, it, I mean, it's been, what, three? So, yeah, I was in a fortunate position because I had a three-month notice period. So I could go in and say, I'm done. And still know I've got a bit of time to sort myself out. Yeah, um, and it will have been, It's been just over three years since I left that job now, so it's not been not been that long. No, I'm, I'm staggered feels, by that. <laughs> <laughs> life feels so very different. 
So what did you do in those three months? What was your starting point after having had the courage to say you were done? Yeah, so now there's a good question. Okay, and so I mentioned earlier that the doctor had taken the decision out of my hands in terms of taking the time off work to admit that I wasn't well. Um, My husband took this particular decision out of my hands to an extent (laughs) um, because we had been, um, I don't know whether you're familiar with the work of Selena Barker. Yes. um, And her, yeah, so she was running the Ideas Adventure course um, with Marianne Campwell. And we were unsure about whether or not I should do it. And one morning, as I was still going to my job, and I can't remember whether this was before or after I'd handed my notices, I'm honest. I think it was probably before. I'd been in tears before I left the house that morning, so I just didn't want to go to work. And when, by the time I got to work that morning, Tom had sent me an email saying, I've just signed you up for the Ideas Adventure. Oh, wow. Because he was like, nope, I'm not having, you know, I'm making the decision. You know, I'm not having you going going to work in that state we need to do something about this and I'm so grateful because I was just in no fit position to make decisions at that time you know decision fatigue is a very real thing isn't it Mm. and I was just doing what I needed to do to get through the day yeah um so the fact that he did that was just the beginning of this massive kind of exploration that's happened since and it's been amazing yeah I can't I think the idea is adventure is about a six-week course or something it's not very long might even be less than that but that introduced me to a whole new world that I didn't really know was there, which felt amazing. And I think the biggest gift of that actually was allowing me to see the value of my own gifts, which up until that point had been um, one of my issues, I think, in terms of not knowing where I was going with lo- in my life because I didn't yeah. really value what I had to offer. And I think a lot of that is around having been you know when I was when I was a teenager I made a conscious decision that I was going to work hard at school (laughs) because that's valued Um, and I can do that and I'm good at that so I kind of made that conscious decision and I'd always worked really hard I was a straight A student um, you know got really good A levels went off and got a good degree and I'd always been quite embarrassed by the fact that I was in what in my mind was just an administrator Oh. for the next 15 years of my life oh, bless you. <laughs> I mean I you know I got promoted into managerial roles and things but there was in my head I was projecting this kind of feeling of needing to apologize for where I'd ended up because there, I felt as though there was this untapped potential that I wasn't seeing somewhere so being on this ideas adventure and exploring all of what I have to offer and who I am and and all of that stuff was really um, fascinating as a process and allowed me to really own the fact that I'm not just an administrator. (laughs) I have a lot of very good skills and gifts that make me a good administrator. But, you know, my gift for being organised and the planning and having a really detailed brain and all of this stuff that I was then realising doesn't come naturally to everyone Mm, absolutely Um, which up until then I hadn't really you know I think it's a thing isn't it we don't value what comes naturally to us do we (laughs) no of course not and we don't we also (laughs) don't know that other people's brains don't think the same way yeah absolutely yeah so going through this process of the ideas adventure actually allowed me to meet people who were very different to me very kind of creative and ideas people who were absolutely falling over themselves <laughs> I was about to say that I bet they were biting your hand off <laughs> and that was a real revelation and I can remember going down to London um, actually it was whilst I was off sick so I went down to London with feeling slightly sheepish because I <laughs> you know that thing feeling guilty because you're not at work and yet yes. you're not on a train and go to <laughs> keep your head down in case exactly. someone sees you <laughs> yeah because there was a live meetup um, for the people on the course. And I can just remember sitting in this pub in London, um, having conversation with the most wonderful, wonderful people who I could just really feel. They, they, I stuck in their minds because I was so different to them and they were so attracted to the skills and the gifts that I could offer them. And feeling that from them in that environment was just a complete revelation to me. Um, and sort of yeah changed everything really it's amazing that you're so 
so clear about what changed things for you as the next step after that epiphany but also amazing that that came about thanks to your husband because he took he took responsibility out of your hand almost and put you in that position of yeah yeah incredible I know and I'm so you know I know how fortunate I am to have that (laughs) have that kind of support it's just um yeah it was exactly what I needed at that time goodness knows where I would be where I would have ended up um, on a very different path, I'm sure, if that hadn't mm. happened. Because the whole free-range human stuff that kind of came out of that mm. has been massive as well in, in shaping what I'm doing now. And funnily enough, the second edition of Free-Range Humans has just come out and um, with Marianne Cantwell, and she's just shared um, a, a podcast episode, actually, with Selena Barker. Oh, so yeah. it's funny that, you know, we're talking about this and that it's been so significant for you so what did you do after you had these these realizations of how much your particular way of relating to the world you know how much that could benefit other people what was your next stepping stone yeah well so I mean the way that Marianne and Selena talk about things they talk a lot about play projects and just playing with ideas um so I played with the idea of being a virtual assistant um, and that just went completely bonkers, took off and I, I was <laughs> fully booked in quite a short space of time, um, which was just completely bonkers to me. I don't really know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it just meant that I was able to, I'd work, I worked my three months notice whilst trying to um, you know, build what I was doing on the side. And yeah, I was just able to start this business as a virtual assistant. And through, again, through that and the people that I met through that, this just opened my eyes again to a whole new kind of new group of people I would never have come into contact with in my old life. Yeah. Um, That has just been the most, you know, the biggest gift, the types of people that I've met along the way. And the privilege of working and supporting people who are running such beautiful businesses as well and seeing seeing the amazing work that they're doing feeling like I'm I'm a part of that through the work that I'm doing with them um has been has been really really wonderful um and again it's given me tools along the way to help deal with the own you know you know what it's like being a small business owner there's always stuff coming up that needs to be dealt with Mm. um and the clients that I've been working with have allowed me also to um to learn different tools for all that kind of stuff that I wouldn't have before they're one of a few of my clients EFT practitioners which is something I haven't encountered before I've got a client who's a real expert in mindfulness which has really deepened my understanding of that um so it has been such a privilege to be working with all of these people over the last few years just amazing I've never really thought of it that way but yeah it gives you that glimpse and insight into other ways to approach things yeah and see exactly and seeing how they run their businesses has been really helpful for me as well um which again I, I, a lot of small business owners wouldn't have that because you're, you're in your own business constantly whereas yeah. I've been in mine and in lots of other people's as well which is yeah. really, really really beneficial um so one thing I'm really curious about is that you you came out of this period of you know chopping and changing and switching and taking on similar types of roles that didn't quite fully fit to then becoming a VA mm. and how did you stop that role as a VA from being from having the same issues in terms of boundaries and you know managing mm. managing your propensity to want to do all the things <laughs> <Do> all the- <laughs> yes. what a marvelous question Ellen. <laughs> I'm so- <laughs> sorry have I just got into the question there <laughs> no, it's, that has been a journey as well absolutely um particularly you know I am a recovering people pleaser 
Um, so there is definitely a danger there with this kind of work that you're going to allow it to spill. And it took me a few kind of iterations of me figuring out okay, how do I actually want to do this to find a way of doing it that works for me. I mean, at one point, I think I was working with 15 clients. Which, yeah, is quite <laughs> a lot to juggle. <laughs> and I mean, I would put time boundaries. So the way I was working with my clients, they were all, um, you know, there was a certain amount of time a week that I was working with them or a month. So it was quite, um, in my diary, was quite um, contained. But of course you would get emails and messages and things outside of that time, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah of course, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that was just a, a, a process of me realising, yeah, Louise, you can't be responding to everyone all the time because that's just going to drive you nuts. Um, so I think that the key difference has been that I get to choose now in a way that I don't feel I was able to choose before I get to choose who I work with and how I work and I can change that if I feel like I want to and I can have conversations with clients about things that are not feeling quite right um yeah so I mean it's not been without its pitfalls as far as that's concerned but I it, it took me a while but I think that's where my kind of um propensity to be efficient and get stuff done and you know, all the productivity chops <laughs> that I've built over the years um, has really, really supported me in that as well. But, I mean, it's a great question, and that is one of the reasons why I have been transitioning away from the VA work, if I'm honest, as well. That's why I wondered. Yeah, that's where I was kind of heading next, because yeah. I know that you've, um, you've, you've sort of been pivoting again yeah. um, so that you're doing a bit more in the way of uh, like online programs and um, more sort of one-to-many, maybe potentially moving into more passive, not that not that anything's ever particularly passive, is it? But that, <laughs> that whole thing of not having to physically always swap your time for money and what have yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, yeah, that has been an interesting one for me, the transition, because I think, in a way, the VA work was the logical next step out of the job that I was doing before. It felt like a very kind of fluid way out because I was using the skills I already had, although I had no idea what I didn't know about running a small business. Why on earth would I – How? why would I have known half the things that small businesses <laughs> need to know? Honestly, I came into it so naive thinking, I, can, I know everything. I knew nothing. <laughs> You and me both. <laughs> I didn't even know I was in a business till seven years down the line, so probably ahead of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was quite a natural progression because the skills are all the same. Um, but it became very clear quite quickly that actually this isn't really giving me the freedom that I wanted. Um, and I also, much as I, I mean, I still love my, the, the, I've got very few VA clients now. The ones I have, I still love them very much. And I, um, really enjoy the relationship I have with them and I also know that I need to be doing my own stuff yeah that I've got something that I want to say and whilst I really enjoy supporting other people in spreading their message over the years it's become clearer to me that I've got something that I need to be sharing as well um, and I've been doing that more and more um, over the last couple of years in particular like you say with online programs I've been blogging for a few years um, yeah one-to-one -one mentoring clients spending full planning days with people um and I just absolutely love it and I am now shifting towards a place where I have got the balance that I want which oh, feels amazing nice. yeah yeah that's a relatively short time scale as well I have to say you're probably not celebrating yourself enough for that <laughs> yeah it you know, when you were saying to me that it's all quite recent, it really is, isn't it? <laughs> it really is, yeah, absolutely. It, it feels that that whole life of being in that job just feels like a completely different person to who I am now. And the fact that that's happened so quickly, you're right, that is quite astonishing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I guess it feels like a different person because you've had so many powerful insights and... Mm -hmm. You know, you are, t to my mind, you are somebody who very much is walking their talk. And it's clear that 
what you've discovered along the way has become something that you're really passionate about and really want to share. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a magical journey, isn't it? It really is. And I think there's something important actually that um, just popped into my head as you were saying that, that I haven't mentioned already, which was that alongside all of the discovery about what I was saying when I did the ideas adventure and the value of what I got to offer alongside that I was also discovering the slow living movement Mm. which I had no idea existed until I was absolutely at the end of my tether one day and I googled something about needing to slow down and discovered this whole world that I had absolutely no idea existed and that has been an absolute I mean that has just changed everything for me um discovering this whole thing about simplifying your life and Ah, just taking your foot off the gas and that's okay and you know this sense that we don't all need to buy into the needing to get the next when am I going to get my next bigger better car when am I going to get the next biggest bigger house you know all of this keeping up with the Joneses stuff which is what's you know driven into us consistently you know with our culture that we live in it's just everywhere with advertising one thing and another and just starting to question that and going hang on a minute is that actually what I want um and that has all been tied up in this journey as well and has made um a big difference to the way that I move through my days and in the way that I work with the message that I'm wanting to put out into the world as well And, and how are you bringing all of that into your work now I am being a lot more gentle and kind to myself than I would have been before um I'm allowing things to unfold rather than trying to force them certainly um that's been a big thing and I think I think like as well there's there's this idea of um almost detachment from what I think things need to look like yeah which allows for this kind of more expansive and sort of open approach to life (laughs) yeah where, where other opportunities might come up that you haven't thought of and you're kind of open to receiving them rather than being closed off. And that's just come from slowing down and not having your head and your blinkers on in a way, you know, just must get there, wherever the hell there is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, I mean, on, a, on practical terms, it's just things like, and this took me a while actually as well, and I think from clients that I speak to, this is quite common when you come out of a kind of nine-to-five environment realizing that you don't have to work nine to five oh absolutely <laughs> can take a while it took me years <laughs> and you know it in your head but it's still really difficult sometimes to shake the guilt that I should be working if you're not at your desk between you know office hours <laughs> yeah and the kind of softening around all of that and the, the the willingness to be more fluid about how and when things happen um you know that's been a big big thing as well for me over the last couple of years more so this year as well I think I've been leaning into that more this year yeah yeah and that's such an important point that I think we a lot of us inherently know but we sort of forget to you know to think about this and remind ourselves of it from time to time Mm. and so I love love that you've reminded me of that because I definitely fell into that trap for a long time when I started and I, I kind of treated myself like my own worst employer. <laughs> you know, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I love that we've both, both found our way out of that. Yeah, so, it does take time. I think it's almost, you know, that I'm coming back to the analogy of this sort of free-range humans thing. It's like someone's opened the cage door, but you're still sitting there. <laughs> Absolutely, you don't realize yeah. it all yeah yeah it's but I guess that's only natural because we you know that still feels safe there's other stuff going on around us that feels uncertain yeah but we can stick with the familiar until we're ready to kind of loosen loosen it a little bit but yeah and I also think that because so many I don't know if, again this is the same for you perhaps perhaps not but so many of the people in my life are not living the life that I am and they are still living in that um nine to five kind of office job thing yeah 
so that if much. I make a choice, yeah, if I make a choice, I'm going to go do something on a weekday, which means working at the weekend, you still get this kind of, um, this, this sort of, it's not pushback because it, you know, they don't mean it in that way, but about all oh, working at the weekend, is that that's a bad thing? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, I've made the choice. And I wanted to go and watch a movie when it was full of lots of people. So we went and did that on a Tuesday. <laughs> I'm now you. going to work on a Saturday and that's okay. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I've worked Saturdays for years. Yeah. I quite like it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like I particularly want to go out and compete with everybody else trying to get stuff done. I'd rather. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, again, because I don't have kids or anything, so I don't have to think about wanting to spend the time with with kids which a lot of people mm, yeah and so we don't have to work around that either which is an added level of, of <laughs> flexibility yeah yeah so if you were able to to go back to yourself um I don't know let's say 10 years ago with with all that you know now all that you've discovered on this this very short but quite deep journey um you know to to getting more into your body getting more in tune with how you want to live slowing down your life and um you know kind of creating your life from the inside out what would you what would you say to younger you do you think yeah this is a good one I think I would I think the message I would want myself to hear is that I'm braver than I realize because I've always considered myself to be quite fearful and I'm quite risk averse. But when I actually look back at the reality of some of the things I've done and the decisions that I've made, that's not true. And I would want myself to know that, that you know, I, I have the courage and I'm braver than I realise. I wouldn't necessarily want to actually change any of the stuff that, that happened because that's what got me here. Yeah. Um, but what I would love is if someone had... I could go back and tell myself, don't need someone else to tell me. <laughs> For me to tell myself that your head doesn't have to rule the way and that there is another way. And just to, if I had been able to get in touch with my intuition and what my heart was telling me sooner, that would have probably got me to where I am now more quickly. Yeah. Um, and with perhaps slightly less um, pain along the way. But as yeah. I say, those those experiences have shaped where I am now so absolutely and and they keep you adhering to it as well because Mm -hmm. being being self-employed and creating your life day by day on your own terms isn't necessarily the easy option is it so you kind of need that compelling why yeah to stick to it and to keep going when it has its moments of oh my god what's going on (laughs) you know all the stuff that life still throws at us yeah absolutely yeah what do you do to keep yourself balanced in that and also like if someone was listening to this um and thinking oh blimey she's talking about me and how I'm feeling right now Mm. what would you say to them to as a, maybe a starting point for them to start yeah. getting more in touch with their their heart or their you know their body not listening to their head yeah so much such an interesting question I think that the in terms of me keeping things balanced I mean I have a daily yoga and meditation practice and I can really tell when I skip a day <laughs> So for me, that has been really, really key. Yeah. Um, and I think, thinking back to how, yeah, how I was feeling then and what I would say to somebody in that position right now is to just give yourself the gift of some space. And I know that can feel really, really hard, but just literally sitting quietly and, and in stillness, if you can, even just for a couple of minutes can feel so, so deeply healing, even if you're doing nothing more than just sitting. And even if it's only for two minutes. I love that. Yeah. I, I just think, because just I, I never used to do that. I would be dashing around so much, running about from one thing to the other and just constantly feeling guilty if I wasn't doing something because I knew there was more to do. And like I said at the very beginning, there is never going to be a point at which you're done. 
And I say this to people all the time, you know, your to-do list is never going to be finished. That's just a, a sad fact of reality. Yeah. <laughs> your to-do list is just going to keep getting longer. Um, so you need to be able to learn how to stop even, even when you've still got things to do rather than waiting until it's all done because you'll be waiting a very long time. Yeah. And, that, and, and to me, that seems like that's the crux of your message. That's almost the most important element of it. That, I, that drives us into the ground, isn't it? It really is. And it makes you miss out on, on life because mm. life is happening right now. Life isn't at the end of the to-do list. Your experience is what you're creating right now. Yeah. Um, and I know if you're in a if you're in a stressful situation in a stressful job, you probably don't want to hear that because it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not a, an easy thing to to hear and to feel. But even just by creating these small pockets of space, that's going to help you to tune in to what you actually need and to give yourself what you need. Um. And kind of go from there, I suppose, because it's very difficult to know what you need while all you're doing is rushing about. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, love that, and and I I would completely endorse that. I mean, I I know that we've come to a lot of the same types of conclusions about life, and um, for me, definitely learning to press pause, but start really small and just take small moments has been completely life-changing and um continues to be yeah so yeah thank you for that and that's and it's accessible you know as much as people can feel completely stuck and overwhelmed and like they're almost in an impossible situation actually anybody who takes just a moment to just breathe fully into their bodies and yeah. just step back a little bit it just gives you it shifts your perspective and it shifts your energy and yeah it can be yeah, yeah absolutely amazing. yeah and I think that having this regular meditation practice is, is what one of the things that has really made a difference to me um in terms of quietening down that inner voice um well the the Obviously, we don't want to quieten down our intuition, that in a voice, but the one that's telling you how shit you are. <laughs> yeah, the shouty mean one. That one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine's called Nasty Nancy. I'm sorry to oh. anybody called Nancy, Nancy that's <laughs> listening. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes, I haven't given mine a name. I really should. Although, I mean, you know, it doesn't pipe up very often anymore. And I put that down to meditation completely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can relate to that as well. I would say the same. So what do you really love about where you are now, where these twists and turns have taken you to? Yeah, I think it's it's the people for me. It's the people that I have met along this journey. And I've made some amazing new friends that I just would not have crossed paths with before. So the people and the support and the cheerleading and just the the holding of the space and all of that that I get from from the people I've met along the way has just been absolutely beautiful and amazing. Um, and I think the other thing that I mentioned earlier is is the choice, this feeling that I get to choose. You know, I get to choose who I work with. I get to choose how I work. I get to choose how I spend my days. And when I've gone through such a long period of just feeling like things were happening to me, I really value that, that I get to make an intentional choice every day. Does that feel like freedom to you? Absolutely. Yeah. You can't see me, but I am sitting here nodding with a big smile on my face. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can really hear the truth of that in your voice. Yeah. I think, again, a lot of this has come more recently, in this maybe in this past 12 months or so, that, as I was saying before, detaching from this picture of what I thought it would look like has been really important and I, I feel I very strongly am connected to the big picture vision that I have for my life and the way that I want things to feel and the way that my values are wrapped up in all of that mm. but I haven't made a decision about the, spe- you know, the specificity of that yes and what it actually looks like so I am then because of that able to access the feelings quite readily yeah and that's that's where the freedom is I think if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It makes yeah. sense to me, absolutely. It is that that sense of knowing why you're doing what you're doing and having a sense of really connecting to that, whatever that feeling that that creates for you is. 
but but being able to take action that's aligned without necessarily being attached to outcomes and without always having a clear sense of how the jigsaw pieces fit together. Mm. Because even if you thought you had a sense, it could all change in a in a moment. Yeah, it's and often does. <laughs> and often does, yes. And and yeah, that's kind of for me. That's definitely one of the most free ways to live life. Even though there comes with that a very healthy sense of not always knowing what's coming next. But then, do we ever know that anyway? So all we're doing is really connecting to what's actually real that we sort of like to pretend isn't because we like to pretend we've got it all under control. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I can relate to that as well. I know this goes really really quickly and that is a real whistle stop tour through your life from that turning point to now is there anything else you would like to share no I don't I don't think so it's so (laughs) lovely to just talk all of this through and I've had all kinds of little moments of of clarity just from thinking about this um, and talking it through with you today so yeah it's it's fascinating particularly like I said in in the, the time of it the fact that it's all been so recent and I love that that's one of the things I've loved about this whole project you know almost every single time I've invited anyone to think about this before we we actually have a conversation about it they they've all said a similar thing it's it's almost like you develop renewed appreciation and respect for your former self and for your former decisions and I don't know, there's just something about being invited to pause and reflect on this stuff that yeah. can be quite life-affirming, I think. Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you for inviting me to do that. My <laughs> pleasure. Thank you for saying yes. Um, so you've shared some amazing stuff as well. I'm sure that people, when they get to hear this, they will want to know more about you. And I would actively encourage them to find out more about you because I love what you do so where would be the best place for them to come and find you okay so um my website is bettylouonline.com and if you head over there I've got a quiz um which helps people to discover their biggest blocked productivity so if you're interested if if you're struggling with productivity type stuff and you want to take the quiz please do it's bettylouonline.com forward slash quiz um, I'm also on Instagram um, at Louise underscore Betty Lou and I am I'm over in LinkedIn and intending to up my game <laughs> slightly on LinkedIn so you can find me there too. Brilliant thank you that will all go in the show notes as well but for anybody who can't access those that is great you know where to find Louise and I really do recommend you do she genuinely is one of my favorite people so thank you Louise thank you very much Helen take care you too thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode of the turning point project if you found this episode useful I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment if you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello author or join the free magical life movement at helenrebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day, and I'll catch you in the next episode.